This is the UK House Builder and Developer from Good to Great series with Gerard Ball, Managing Director of Human Capital Group, helping you build your UK house building teams and businesses fast. We find the top 15% of talent in the market by harnessing the power of big data, 24-7, 365 digital automation platforms and inbound strategies. Leveraged by 20 years successful mid to senior level recruitment experience. In this episode, Gerard is joined by Group Chief Executive of Housing Association in Communities, Geraldine Howley, OBE, who has headed the organisation since its inception in 2003. A key influential figure across the housing sector, both in her local patch of Bradford and West Yorkshire and nationally, Geraldine gives us an insight into the complexity of setting up a housing association from scratch, moving to a 30-year strategic plan, getting the right balance of housing stock, both old and new, for any given area, and crucially, how a housing association can work in partnership with housing developers to form a complementary rather than a competitive relationship. Hi, good afternoon, Geraldine. Uh, Thank you very much for joining us on this episode and thank you for giving up your time. You're welcome. What I'd like to understand and what the listeners would understand, I guess, first of all, is is just to tell us a a little bit bit about in communities, what you guys do and, and where the company is at the moment. Okay. So in communities is a housing association that is a stock transfer originally from Bradford Council 15 years ago. We have 23, almost 23,000 homes. And during that time, we actually have merged with another organization called Sade Lock. So initially, we were in Bradford and just based in Bradford. It was the former council homes from Bradford Metropolitan District Council, And then a couple of years ago, we were approached by another housing association that has homes in Huddersfield, in Wakefield and in Rotherham, asking if they could join us. So now we're more Yorkshire-based than just Bradford-based, although the majority of our homes are still in Bradford. So 15 years old, uh, we have a mixture of social housing, in fact, in the main social housing, a large number of uh, flats rather than houses. And that is an issue, actually, because I think we're looking at stock legacy issues at the moment and making sure that we have the right homes in the right location. And we have mainly traditional builds, but we've got some non-traditional homes as well. We also have some shared ownership homes and we actually do build for sale as well as for rent. We right. also manage some of Bradford Council's homes because over the last two or three years, they started building again and we manage those, those properties for them. And we also manage some market rent homes for um, a, another company. So in the main, though, we are a social housing provider, but we do do much more than that. Right. Okay. Sounds like it. Sounds yeah. like it. Okay. You've been with in communities right from the beginning. That, that's yes. great. Yes, that's right. Right from the very start. Yes. How did your career begin in affordable housing? Well, originally, uh, and I'm going back a long time, I actually trained, I went to teacher's training college. I trained to be a teacher. I realized that that wasn't a career for me. Once I got into a school, it was not 
you know, not something that I wanted to pursue. Mm-hmm. And I took a temporary job while I was thinking about what I need, what I would like to do in the housing department at Bradford Council, covering oh. for somebody on maternity leave. And once I got mm-hmm. there, I was absolutely passionate about what they did. And I thought I'd like to stay here, but I'd like a career at the same time. And I went to see a senior officer at the time and said, what are the openings for somebody who might like um, to have a career in housing? And he Mm. said, do the professional qualification, the Chartered Institute of Housing. And that, you know, will help you in terms of pursuing a career, get a job in management. Mm. And so I looked for the next job in as a housing management officer. I was looking to get that. And I was given day release to do the Chartered Institute of Housing. That's how it all started, really. Um, I was passionate about what social housing was all about. I was passionate about people, passionate about communities. And Mm -hmm. I've had a whole range of jobs during that time. At one point, I went and did Institute of Chartered Surveyors qualification. um, Mm -hmm. And I did go and work in development and was involved in building houses. Um, but I quickly, much as I enjoyed it, another opportunity came up, a senior job came up in housing mm. management and I, I applied for that and I've uh, never looked back really. But obviously in the role I do now, I, I do oversee not only just the management uh, side of things, but obviously the development and the, you know, the building and the asset management. So I think moving from management to development stood me in good stead mm. for where I am now. I'm assuming when you when you had the opportunity within a developer, we, we're talking about a, like a, a house builder rather than a, a housing association or a... Um, oh, it was the council, actually. The council oh, right. building at that time. So I was, I was actually, I was working with housing associations. It was a job, basically, it was a role where you're responsible for housing development in the city. So I did get oh. involved in talking to private developers and, mm. and I did get involved in talking to housing associations as well as the council actually building homes themselves. So it was quite a mixed, it was a strategic role, essentially, in terms of the work that we did with developers and housing associations. And it was all talking about land and prioritising where homes should be built and what type, et cetera. Uh-huh. Uh, and there were links then with the what was the housing corporation. But at the same time, we were building our own homes as well. And then take us back just to when you were when you set up in communities. How did that opportunity come about? Okay. Well, basically, I was director of housing at Bradford Council. And one of the things that lots of councils were struggling with was a lack of resources and a lack of investment in the homes. And at that time, there was a policy that housing organisations should get to a decent home standard within 10 years. And basically, it was a challenge to housing organisations to say, how are you going to do that? And so we had an options appraisal in Bradford to look at, could we do that if we stayed as we were? Could we do that if we became an arm's length management organisation known as Almo? Or would we have to do a stock transfer, which enabled us to borrow money from the banks building societies? We engaged with consultants to do that big piece of work and the recommendation was that the only way to put the investment into the homes and meet that decent home standard was through a stock transfer. 
clearly mm. there were some political issues there because it had to be voted through in Bradford and that was always going to be a bit difficult. And then it had to go to a ballot to, of our tenants. Now, one of the things that had happened in Bradford at that time was uh, we'd always been very successful at gaining um, extra money to invest in the homes. We used to call it funny mm. money because there were like pots of money from the government, you know, it was like, or it was like community refurbishment scheme or it was like city challenge or it was like. And when we looked at it, 60% of our homes had already had some investment and we're right. thinking, and some substantial investment, and we're thinking, well, we need a majority vote for this for it to go through. But 60% of the people in our homes will have said, well, actually, I've got kitchens, bathrooms, you know, and those 40% that didn't have anything, but we needed a majority vote. So there was a lot of work that we had to do to persuade people that it was the best way forward. And we'd have things like show homes. We'd, um, you know, we sent videos out as there were videos at that time. And, yeah, and just basically a bit of an open house for people to come and talk to us to say how it would be if it moved to a housing association and a lot of work went on I had a specialized team doing that and working over weekends you know opening up show homes all around different areas and it did go to a ballot and we did get a majority vote for stock transfer so that's where it all started it enabled us to borrow 275 million pounds from mm-hmm. um, Nationwide and then we moved on and got some extra from Barclays, um, which enabled us to fund the investment that we needed in our homes. And 15 years on, we're now going out and refinancing. <laughs> so we're <laughs> um, going through you know, something similar again because we know we've, we've achieved what we needed to achieve, but we want to do so much more. And mm. it's, we're at a time in our life, uh, the life of the Housing Association, that we want to build more and we want to invest more in the homes that we've currently got. Well, I was going to ask you what some of the hurdles were that you needed to overcome to become a, a HA, but yeah. thank you for that. In terms of the housing market, the, the affordable housing marketplace, obviously, I'll tell you what, it's changed quite dramatically since I've been in the marketplace, but what do you see the biggest shifts have been within the affordable housing marketplace? Well, Bradford's a different market to many other places. I can respond in terms of how it is in, in the Bradford area or the, you know, the area that we manage, which can be very different to elsewhere. And property values are very low where we are. And so when you're looking at do you provide market housing or do you provide affordable housing? Well, in Bradford, the market is the rate for affordable housing so the edges are really blurred unless you go out into higher value areas like Ilkley and you know sort of the suburbs so we have some issues that are probably very different to lots of other areas and we have to you know think those through when we decide what what our strategies are um, so so that's probably an issue in general one of the things for us in terms of managing housing is that with the transfer, that we, we have what we call a stock legacy. So we have far too many flats and not enough family homes. And so what we need to do is get that balance right. And that's really our challenge in the provision of sort of social housing going forward. And so we've got, we inherited 32 tower blocks, none of them of the type of construction like Grenfell, but we do have, we have large panel construction buildings, which and buildings that are cladded, which structurally you would say need attention, need some attention or will need some attention. 
So at the mm. moment, we are looking at those and we have already removed some of those from, you know, from our stock. And we're short, we, we have, we've identified 11 tower blocks that we will be demolishing right. going forward because they are in the wrong area, they're not in demand, and they are now starting mm. to cause us some issues. And in terms of the investment that they would need, it's just not worth continuing with them when they're not in demand anyway. So what we've got is sort of a, a different demographic from when the council mm. built those. They were mm. built in the time of slum clearance. And now what we have in those air, in some of those areas where we have those tower blocks, they are Asian heritage areas. Mm. And the demand mm. there is for larger family housing. So it's sort of the wrong stock in the wrong place. So it's quite a complex picture. It's not just about supply, supply. It's about making sure you have the right homes in the right location at the right, at the right price. And that is our strategy that we've got to ensure that, that we do that. Um, I mean, there are some in terms of the provision of affordable housing. We have mm. issues like everybody else in terms of you know, supply, making sure, you know, looking at what the future will be like in terms of construction and will Brexit affect that planning constraints, et cetera. So there's, there's a lot of things that we, could, we share with other associations, but there are some things that are probably a little bit different as well. In terms of one of the, you know, the big changes which we've noticed within the marketplace is that a lot of housing associations now are building their own development arms and, and going into private sale. You know, a lot of the people listening to this will be working for the, for, for the house builders. Uh-huh. Do you know, do you see yourselves, I don't want to load the question too much, but do you see yourselves as, as being in competition with the house builders or being complementary to what? Yeah, okay, well, we have our own development team. Mm. We actually project manage some of the new build. So we build for sale and we've actually done some build for sale without going through developers and we'll do it ourselves because we've got the skills to do that. What we don't always have is the capacity. And so we have a bit of a mixture of, on our sites, we, what we try to do now is offer mixed tenure. So when we're building, you'll see some affordable homes, some shared ownership and some homes for sale. Sometimes mm-hmm. we'll do that in-house ourselves, not laying the bricks, but we will subcontract that. Mm-hmm. project manager and other times because of capacity, we'll go out to de- uh, develop and partner with a developer and do it that way. So I see us as complementary. I have to say that working in, we have started to work in other areas since we took on um, Sade Lot, the housing association in Huddersfield. And we've been building mm. in there, which is uh, in Huddersfield and around those areas, which is sort of, they are higher value. What? Bradford, um, we still don't have a mass, there isn't massive competition because I think developers aren't all fighting over each other to come and build in Bradford. Property value is quite low, so when you look at the cost of building as to you know what what you will what profit you mm-hmm. make, it's not a great deal unless you're building in these sort of outer suburbs. So that if anything, I think we've been sort of, and the council have been looking for developers to come into Bradford to build in Bradford. So, but in other areas like Leeds and other surrounding areas, then you know obviously there is a there is some competition, but as a association we always hope we're complementary to it rather than in competition we've done lots of you know collaboration with developers where we've produced really good you know sort of housing areas 
that have been done in partnership with the developer. I'm just look. This is a, a away from in communities. I just like like your opinion, but I live nearer London, and you know some of the London developments which are done. You know the housing associations are going into a, a quite a way away from, from being affordable, yeah. Yeah. affordable, yeah. affordable homes. And is there a worry with the with the housing associations? And, and this is not so much within communities. I, I think you've explained the Bradford marketplace is quite a bit different to maybe other regions within the country. But is there a danger of the housing associations of going in and becoming, I don't know, more kind of a, a profit? making organisation rather than what they've set out to be? Mm, well, that's been played out in the media quite a lot recently and I've seen that. And I think when I've talked to colleagues that are in the higher value areas, it still is about cross-subsidising. So we like to say we're profit for purpose rather than right. we're not for profit. And certainly in, in our area, we say we want to make a profit. We have a DEVCO board um, that actually looks at how we can make a profit from selling houses. But that profit is then ploughed into providing affordable homes. Now, what I do know, and I do have you know colleagues in the, in the southern areas and London areas, is they will you, they won't necessarily charge the affordable rent they you know some people they will look at the rents when once they build a home and and try and make them affordable and there's mm. fantastic shared ownership schemes that help people get on the ladder certainly in uh, in some areas in london that you know i've personally gone and had a look around and have feedback from people that have been able to access housing of clearly you know it's um, it is a different market but I am conscious that housing associations do understand that and do try mm -hmm. to work within that and try make properties more affordable. And then just back to in communities and, you know, looking at your, your kind of your own development, et cetera, and attracting high calibre candidates to go out there and, and, and develop these sites, whether it's from site managers, QSs, or in fact, is the in communities development team. Is it set up in, in a, you know, almost as a mirror to what a, a traditional house builder would be set up? Probably not, not completely, because we started off as a with a development team that was providing homes for rent in the first instance, and we've grown that team, and we get the skills in as needed. So, but we're not massive house builders for yeah. sale, and so we fit this. We fit the team to, you know, the sort of the capacity, what we need to do. And as I say, and it's not a one size fits all. So we don't say that absolutely our development team has to do everything. So we will, as I say, work in partnership with developers as well in certain areas. So we'll look at workload. We'll look at the sites that we're currently building on and we'll determine whether that's going to be in-house or whether we're going to contract mm -hmm. that. And then in terms of affordable housing and the, the, the shift in the next five years, do you, do you see any major developments coming your way and, and what in communities need to be aware of and, and you know, and looking forward towards? Yeah. One of the things that our board has directed us to is to is basically saying, well, you're now in other parts of Yorkshire and we'd like you to mm. sort of do more of that. So whilst the majority of our homes are in Bradford, because we've stepped into other parts of Yorkshire through Saturday Log, they've asked us to continue that and to grow in other parts of Yorkshire. And we've been very successful in terms of obtaining Section 106 properties. And we've got done quite a lot of that. We've also been successful in uh, stock acquisition. So there's other ways of 
sort of building mm-hmm. it. We stopped not just sort of being involved in building them from scratch, but through 106, through stock acquisition. And certainly the direction that we're going is to reach sort of many parts of Yorkshire, still accepting that the bulk of our, our homes are in, in Bradford at the moment. Yeah, I'm just curious here, but within in communities, you know, did you did you go in with a, I don't know, a one-year business plan, three-year business plan, five-year business plan? Was it that structure or is it just kind of evolved and grown? And We have a 30-year business plan because we're Well, we have a 30-year business plan. I suppose we shouldn't get mixed up with this because that's what your your lenders uh, are funding. (laughs) But within that, then you have your corporate strategy. And the corporate strategies tend to – the one that we're currently currently working on is till 2025. That was like a 10-year strategy. But we're in the process of renewing that. And we're going to – our next one, which is going to the board next week – uh, is a draft strategy will take us up to 2040. But what you do is obviously every year you review that because, you know, what we set for 2025 or 2040, the world could be pretty different by then. But you, we have yeah. those, you know, we have the aspirational sort of corporate strategy and that mm. all feeds into, you know, down the organisation in terms of everything that we do. But every year we have a, an away weekend with the board and we review that strategy and we refresh it if needs be. And we may even get stretched even further, depending on circumstances. So uh, an annual review on a very long-term strategy. All right, I like it. I like it. Geraldine, thank you very much for your You're time. Welcome. Is there anything else that you would like to add? Not really. I think I have covered anything. I think the future for housing associations and, and you know, in communities and housing associations is bright. We're working really well with Homes England. There's a real refreshing approach from Homes England, and it's much more flexible than in the past. It's not a one-size-fits-all, and I think that will enable us to do so much more and punch above our weight. Thank you very much for your time, Thank you. nice. You're welcome. Thank you. Discover how to build your UK house builder business and attract the top 15% of leadership talent using one-to-many platforms automation and 24-7, 365 proven digital strategies before your competition. Be sure to subscribe for more podcasts from the Good to Great series, featuring leading voices from the UK house building industry, from small to medium businesses to leading PLCs. Don't forget to rate and review so that we can continue to bring you the best content possible. For more information, call 0203 800 1080 or check out www.hc-group.co.uk and book a client or candidate blueprint strategy session.